friends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I'm David Coker, um, proprietor and owner of Dave Mark Inc. and promoter and just a good guy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm still with my partner's line before he says <laughs> know, it already. Yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm not going to say all around good guy. I'm going to leave that up to him. But anyway, um, and I'm sitting here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. My name is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, Black Media Expert, and all around good guy. <laughs> Next to the good guy. So, Dave, how, how was your week? Oh, it was it was it's good. Sure. It was good. It's 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 funny though how quickly these days are going by. by. They are flying by. We're actually embarking on a new year, guys. Thank and Jesus. oh my God, 2021, the year that just kept going, going right. <laughs> yeah, not, not to throw a damn for somebody. I saw something uh, today and it was like, you know that 2022 is really 2022. Oh, Lord. Here so, we go. All right. Anyway, but, I mean, we, we we already know that uh, 2022 can't be any worse than 2020 or 2021. Wow. I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, I mean – there's going to be a ton of year-end shows on, I can guarantee you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you're going to and look, and you're probably just going to be sitting there grimacing the whole time as you, as they talk about 2021, you know. So this is the year that you can probably tell your grandkids later on in life, you know, uh, I survived 2021, <laughs> you know. So. I'm about to say it's funny here in the chat, uh, Big Chief Thunder says, 2021, the, the government said uh, UFOs exist. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? That's that's something else. That, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, COVID had to come from somewhere. It had to come from somewhere. It, yeah, that's that's our guys going up in space, um, dropping the little dust in space on us over there. Right, you know, right. so Elon Musk and his people. So. Yeah. But anyway, unless it's about COVID, because COVID definitely put a, a separation. COVID separated us, guys, even though we were too close in, for comfort in the first place. That's how we got it. So, right. you know, so but we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Yeah, make, uh, make sure you like us. Make, make sure, sure you like us. We're on all the platforms, guys. So it's yeah. no excuse not to listen to to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. And we're going to be giving it to you for the upcoming year. Hopefully, we won't be one of those stories that you read about in 2022. So, you know, so. Oh, there we go. There we go. But but thank you for listening. So, um, and of course, we already got people putting stuff in the chat. Just continue to put your stuff, thoughts out there on the stories that we're about to embark on. Okay. So let's get started. Um. Our first story is going to be kind of a little feel-good story. Um, the Christmas holiday, of course, was a week ago. God, that that was over a week ago already. That's crazy, right? Well, well almost, almost a week ago. Almost. So, you know, so I I've, I saw the story about um, this, this woman and her daughter. They were shopping, and a guy comes up and approaches them, and... She was, they were getting something to eat, and the guy approaches them and says, uh, I'm hungry. Can you help me out? I'm trying to get something to eat, so forth and so forth. And 
she said, well, um, I can help you out. And she, and she goes in her pocketbook and she gives the guy a $20 bill and said, go ahead and get yourself something to eat. Of course, the holidays, you know, you're feeling good and whatever, you know, you might do something like that and go in and give out money. So she goes and gives him $20. The guy turns around and she's with her daughter who has um, some health issues. She has um, been dealing with um, a brain tumor and so forth. And the guy turns around and says, thank you for being so kind. I want to do something for you. And he gives her $500 for, yeah, gives her $500 and tells her to buy Christmas stuff for her daughter and everything. And so he was just seeing if she would do something nice for him so he could turn around and do something nice for her. You know, now, of course, this would never happen to me, of course, you know. Well, you know. I mean, that, that's because you, you don't be uh, buying strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, think about it. We tend to do stuff like this during this time of year, though. Yeah, we do. You know, um, you know, the people that would normally come up to us, even though right now you don't see a lot of, you really don't see a lot of people out there um, nowadays um, begging and so forth or panhandling, I should say, because they're all, being taken care of pretty much. They're all got places to live. So there's not a lot of homelessness, especially here in Delaware. Right. We don't see as much as we used you, you to know, see. Plus I, I think it depends on where you get approached because yeah. if I get approached on the street, yeah, I'm probably not as likely, but you know, if I'm in a store shopping with my family and, and if somebody approaches me in the right way, mm-hmm. you know, so but I that's think, the whole kick. Yeah. That's yeah, the whole kick. You know, because I, I think everybody wants to help, help people if they can but if you get approached in certain ways just to turn off or you know like walking down the street on your way to somewhere most of the time you're trying to get somewhere yeah you're trying to get somewhere but, yeah. you know the, the way um and what he and this guy was just asking for them it looks like asking for them to buy him a lunch appointment. right yeah yeah that's what he was trying to do and you know i mean and and keep in mind this lady goes out she don't pull out a couple of dollars she gives him a 20 dollar bill you know and 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 gives it to him and and then the guy turns around and says hey look i'm going to do something for you right. and like i said she has her daughter with her who you can see clearly has some you know issues some health issues and it turns out like i said she was um dealing with um a brain tumor and whatever but it really made it you can see and if you watch the video you can see the woman start to tear up and everything so and this time of year, it's a good, it's a good feel, um, feel good story. And, um, I'm glad that something like this happened, you know, to see something like this happen because we hear about so many negative things nowadays. Yeah, no, we, we do. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of the story of, um, kind of like people paying it forward. And it kind of makes me think, I'm sure you heard oh, that. Oh, like, that, wait, you ever seen the movie Pay It Forward? No. Oh, I mean, man. That's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker drive-throughs yeah. and the toll plaza right. because, you know, I mean, I've never personally done it, but I think if someone paid for me, I would probably pay for the person behind me, Yeah, more than likely. I've been in a store where I've actually saw a guy pay for somebody's stuff in, in Walmart, mm-hmm. and the guy, you know, was pretty cool about it. He goes through the, he goes through the line, and he pays for his stuff, and then he whispers to the cashier, and he just stands to the side with two bags in his hand. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Because it was obvious he was up to something, right. you know. And so 
and the woman has like a car full of stuff. And it was like Thanksgiving time, I think. This was a few years ago. Before COVID, it was a few years ago. And so the guy, um, you know, sits there and the woman's got two little small kids with her and she takes all the stuff out and, and it comes up to like 300 and something dollars. And so the woman goes to reach in her pocketbook to, to pull her card out and the cashier says, it's already paid for. And she said, what do you mean? I didn't even hand you anything. <laughs> and so, she said, that gentleman right there paid for you. He, that's why he's standing there. So was the gentleman waiting right there? He was still standing there. Um, how, how, how did the lady look? <laughs> <laughs> she was she was cute. I, I'm not going to say she wasn't. She was. She was cute. And, um, you know, but she she was just so shocked. She said, what would make you, make you do that? And he just right. said, I just want to, you know, every year I try to do something for somebody and you just seem like the person I needed to do something for. And so the lady at back of her. <laughs> now, the, I have to say, and, you know, this was a white person that he paid for. Okay. But the lady at back of her was black. And he and she said, so, do you want to do something nice for two people? <laughs> right. And he said, he said, and, well, I already did my good deed for the day, and he looked over, and she only had like fifty dollars worth of stuff. He paid for her oh, too. Did he? Oh, he wow. did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, so, so, but anyway, but it's good. That's one of the feel good stories. So we just wanted to make sure that we put that out there today. Um, then we also want to talk talk about something a little bit different. Why don't you talk about that next story? Yeah, so, uh, you know, so there, there was a story kind of going around social media lately. And, you know, it kind of made me think, too, because, you know, as a kid, what, what's your favorite thing to get for Christmas as a kid in general? In general, as a kid, it wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to get, but it was something I always expected. My mother always made sure we had puzzles and coloring books. Okay. And, and we really enjoyed those things. Right. We were never, you know, it was stuff that kept us entertained when we were like it was raining outside or something we couldn't go outside or something we would grab puzzles or we would grab coloring books in color so yeah so you know i know a lot of kids you know their christmas revolves around toys yeah game so you know going around social media there was a mother who instead of and and this allegedly deal what the post portrays instead of buying her kids toys for christmas she bought them land and a lot of land, 20.77 acres yep. of land. That's what it says. So, you know, I, I think anyone who's progressive, like, Dave, right now, if someone bought you 20, 20 acres of land, how you feel? I'm sleeping on it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't want nobody coming around. Nobody can claim in it, whatever. Look, look, I'll be I'll be right there every night. You know where to find me. I'll be sleeping on that land. And I have signs that say Dave's land. <laughs> Just that, Dave Land. Dave Land. There you go. There you go. But, you know, so it's crazy. A lot of, well, I wouldn't even say a lot, but there are a lot more than I expected people via the Internet who were condemning her, basically saying, what are these kids going to do with the land? They need toys. You know, you should get them toys or they need toys. And for me, I think as adults, we know that, okay, I don't remember what toy I got. Well, I don't know, remember what my main toy was in right. six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight, ten, twelve. I know I got a Nintendo one of those years, a bike one of those years. But you know, land is something that can last forever. They're not making any more. You know, the value goes up. But you, it's just so odd that 
some people were so, you know, short-sighted? Well, I guess because because when you look at the holidays and everything, then we're not sure because it doesn't say whether this was a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. Correct. Did we see balloons and so yeah, forth? So I see the name Kenya. Why, why are you talking? Yeah, Kenya. Yeah, the person's name was Kenya. We're trying to figure out whether it was a birthday gift or whether it was a Christmas gift. But either or, the fact that she would take the time to even think of this and and. Of course, it makes you think about Kenya, too. It's like, where can you get this money from? You know, what is she doing? You know, as far as balling like that. Um, it's, and this is starting to become a trend because I don't know if you heard the other day, the, the rapper Moneybag Yo yep, and his girl girlfriend man. had bought him, um, gave him, um, what was it, 28 acres or something, yeah, something like, that, like that? Um, acres. for his birthday, you know, and of course, Social media always has comments about stuff like this because they were saying in that situation, you know, do you do something like that and you're not married, you know, and you sign it over land to somebody like that, you know. So that was the comment. That was the blowback yeah, no, about that. Sure. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Like, I think is that anything different from the, <clears throat> these rappers or these entertainers buying their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend a car? Right. It's like two, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, buy, buy me some land. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not a bad, it's not a bad look. And matter of fact, it, and these kids, I'm sure, will appreciate this later on if it is something that's really legit. I mean, from what we can see, it is. Um, and they are smart kids, and they know what to do with it. And of course, they don't rip each other off, right. <laughs> you know, because it's 20.77 acres, guys. Okay, yeah. so that that's a lot. Okay. And it depends on what you what you're dealing with because I was just listening to something where a former Eagles player was talking about how he owns um, he owns the land of five where five Wawas sit on, you know. So he don't own the Wawas, yeah. but he owns the land that they're on. So they're leasing that land. Yeah, right. You know, think about that. You know, and we know what Wawa does yeah, money wise, and he said there are five of the top Wawas in the area. And you, let me tell you, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to coin this phrase. I'm going to call it the Wawa effect. Wherever there's Wawa's, a lot of other businesses oh, yeah. start popping up. Like well, the new one they built. Yeah, they're right putting a Chick-fil-A it. right next to it. Yeah. So. The, you know, and anytime they open a new Wawa, there's there's other places that open right next to it. So, yeah. you know, so this is this is a good thing if they if they play their cards right they can go ahead and make a lot of money from this so we just wanted to put that out there and of course if you guys have any thoughts on what we just said go ahead and put it out there and let us know okay all right you listening to Dave and Lynn and news and trends okay just keep this 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 holler at us or put something out there <laughs> you know say hey guys we got something right. to say so all right um we're going to keep it moving um <laughs> this was this next story. Um, yeah, this so, was, so, you know, this was something else I saw. You know, I was thinking for different reasons. So there was a story that came out this week and it was saying that um, the company DoorDash that delivers our food, <laughs> uh, they are requiring the, all of their company employees, their non-delivering employees to deliver food once a week. Um, and they, so, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, OK, like, that's great. You know, they're doing because, you know, they can almost like undercut that show Undercover Boss where you can kind of see 
okay, this is what this driver ex, uh, experiences in a day, so mm-hmm. now I, I can better do my job understanding. But not all the employees are, are happy about it, which, which I can kind of understand. Right, right. But there's one employee who is irate about it. This particular employee is a, a DoorDash engineer, uh, makes 400 plus thousand dollars a year. And basically, you know, he's saying this was not in my job description. You didn't hire me to do this job and I don't want to do it. You know, so, of course, people are first thing people are looking at is a salary. OK, four hundred thousand dollars. You don't have to do this one day a month. You know, so that kind of sound like a spoiled brat. But, you know, on the flip side, I I mean, I may be on a stand like, OK, this is not my job description, because I think we know a lot of people at work is like, I don't get paid for that. Yeah, well, I guess you got to look at this story in a couple different ways, especially a guy like that person there who who's upset that makes six figures and they're upset about having to go out and do this. Um, a lot of these companies that um, kind of came came up during the pandemic, because DoorDash is definitely one of those companies, um, they have to do things now. You know, because we've been, well, we were coming out of it a little bit, but now we're going back into it. So, of course, they have to do things now in order to make sure that they stay relevant and, and maintain um, their, their their um, well, their level of money making and so and, forth. And service. And service. So, now, you know, DoorDash, they get a lot of drivers. You know, some of the drivers you say to yourself, oh, okay. You know, you wonder, you know, because they have you ever gotten DoorDash? It's a bit of a mistake. So I try not to get DoorDash because when I see them fees, I normally just get my. And they make a lot of money on these fees, man. But you know what's so funny? Have you ever noticed young people order this stuff all the time? Look, I work. They don't care about the fees, but you know what they do? They'll pay the fees, but they don't tip. They don't tip. They may not be able to afford a tip after they pay all those fees. The fees are ridiculous, you know, and, and, but that's how they make their money, of course. And we have to, you have to look at it that way. But I guess they're trying to say, okay, look, we, there's some things we have to do in order to stay relevant. And this is one of the things we have to do. Cause uh, before the show, Leonard and I was talking about, um, company like PayPal. PayPal has been laying off people. Okay. And, you know, a lot of it was because they were the ones handling the P&P loan, the PP loans that they, and so when that kind of dried up, there was no more money. They didn't have that division and they had to lay a lot of people off because of it, you know. So you got to do the things in, that are in place, um, that you put in place in order to stay relevant. And I think this is one of the things that they're trying to do. And with that, so that person is making four hundred thousand a year. If they want to keep making that money, exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, I'm I'm going to do mine this month. And and you know, you know I, I definitely agree. You know, I think uh, if it was one day a week, you know, but I mean it's it's one day out of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's probably not even a full day. It's probably like okay, like take an order here and there. But you know, I definitely agree. You know, people who don't work in those positions don't know what those people experience on a day-to-day basis. So it's like, okay, not only do you want to make the customers happy, but you need to make sure them drivers are satisfied too because clearly if you don't 
I'm sure the drivers that are there the longest, the most experienced, probably probably do the better jobs. True, 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 and that's and that's the thing. Um, and and I guess they want them to take kind of take pride in what they're doing as well, because like I said, during the pandemic, there were very few companies that that came up like DoorDash did. You know, yeah. Door, you know, of course we got Amazon, you know, and we got. You know, even with, because Uber Eats started out doing a lot of this first, and Instacart and all of that kind of stuff were doing this stuff first. But DoorDash came into this kind of blew by all yeah, of them, you know. So, and because they kind of made themselves available to a lot of the places, a lot of the mom and pop places that were not delivering, and they got all of their business, you know. So, um, when you can order something from the Cheesecake Factory. And you'd be sitting at home and get stuff in the cheesecake factory, you know that that was a good look, you know. So, but but the fees, yeah, yeah, yeah so the I, fees. Like I know when the, the pandemic first happened, I, you know, I think just the convenience mm-hmm. I was doing. But when I started looking at them prices, yeah, added up, you definitely like, and and keep in mind, there's an upcharge on all the prices because right. if you go to the the main sites for a lot of these places. They were charging a couple dollars more for everything. Well, you, know? You, you know, that's crazy, too, because I, I don't know if you remember, but a lot of restaurants were saying when they did the delivery services like Uber Eats DoorDash that they were taking a majority of their profits. So yeah. It's kind of like, okay. Well, well, speaking of that, well, you seen the commercials that Domino's has on TV now about DoorDash? No. They, and they were there saying – that they rather will lose. They rather you go to another mom and pop place and 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 order from them than to give your money to DoorDash. Wow. Yeah, you haven't seen these commercials? Yeah, I, oh I, wow, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. So a lot of companies are coming or are shooting back at them because of all the money that they're charging. Yeah, so just keep an eye on that, folks. You know, we just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. And if you have any thoughts on it, let us know. Okay. All right. We're hitting our subjects on a rapid fire tonight because we, 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 you know, we, we got a lot to say about certain things and so forth. But this one is a subject that we kind of touched on in our last show for those that, that listened to the last um, podcast. If you haven't listened, make sure you go back and listen to it. But we started talking about, I was talking about Amber Ruffin, who is a young lady has a late night talk show, uh, African-American, has a late night um, talk show. She's uh, was a writer on Saturday Night Live at one time and also for um, um, Seth Meyers' show, The Late Show. And now she has her own little late show. And she did a thing about talking about these um, black towns that have mysteriously ended up underwater. And she, if you're ever going, if you go on YouTube, you can look her up and, um, and she, where she's talking about these towns. And there's quite a few of them, um, in different areas. Um, um, let me see. If you go, there's a place called Oscarville, Georgia that, um, it used to be called Oscar, Oscarville. Now it's called Lake Lanier. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a view, Lake, Lake Viewfront, and it really looks nice now. She says that if you go diving, mm-hmm. you can actually see the town under the lake. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so where they flooded the lakes out. So what happened was the people got greedy in the area, and they wanted the land. 
And so they decided to get gallon water and they just started flooding this land out because the people wouldn't sell the land. So here it also says that, and, and, and this is, looks like something like uh, Tulsa. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Tulsa, yeah. Fake allegations. Mm -hmm. So here in the article it says that they claim that two of the black residents of the city raped a young white woman. Mm -hmm. And the TAM, the, the white people kind of ran them out and they were forced to flee the whole town. Yeah. More than a thousand residents. Yeah. So it, well, that, that happened in sense. Rosewood. If you ever look at the movie Rosewood, that happened in Rosewood. You know, so that, look, if you ever notice, have you ever seen Rosewood? You don't want to see it because it will make you mad. But it is one of the least played movies out there. They because people get so angry when they see this movie, and you know, and it talks about talk. You know, it's basically, uh, you know, it's kind of. It's kind of like mirrors what happened in Tulsa and and some of these other towns that we're talking about. You know, when you look at this, when you look at the list, and it's got like Oscarville, Georgia. There's another place called I can't even pronounce it, uh, Cowaliga. It was um, it's Benton, Alabama. You know, one of your spots down there. Okay. Yeah, so I, um, when I looked, it looked like it was like Southern Alabama. Yeah. And see what it's called now, Lake Martin. Yeah, yeah, and because she makes a joke, Amber, when you look at the thing, she said, well, at least they named it after a, a popular uh, a TV comedian, <laughs> you know, so talk about Martin Lawrence. Uh, and, of course, one of the other places she talks about, of course, a lot of people are talking about this now. But just city. think, before the last year or two, nobody knew about this. I, I, I that, and you know, it's a shame that I learned about it on social media. Right, Seneca Village, y'all. Everybody's talking about Seneca Village all the time. There, I just heard the other day there's there's a movie in the works talking about what really happened. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, so Seneca Village is what used to be a portion of Central Park. Right. So basically, Central Park took over. And all black well, it took over like three parts uh, because they moved from the, the original town was moved from one part to another part of Central with Central Park now. Right. And then they moved them again because they needed more room wow. and moved them out again. You know, so so when you're up there at Central Park, for those people that go to Central Park all the time, and they're up there checking Central Park out. Think about what really went on up there when you next time you're up there. I, I, you know, the last time I was at Central Park, I was just amazed. Central Park is an interesting place if you've ever been there before. I, I, you I've never been there? been there? So I, I've, I've been on the outskirts. Of it. I've never actually been inside or whatever it's, popular area. It's huge and it's a popular hangout spot, you know, whatever. You see all kinds of people in Central oh, Park. Yeah, sure. you know, so, but. I'm sure some people living out there. It's, in fact, yeah. if you go in the woods at nighttime, you may find some of these Seneca villages. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Village. But, but now, with knowing what what ha has happened there, can you go there and still feel the same way? You know, I, I think it's hard because we didn't. I think it'd be different if we really learned about growing up. But now, you know, it almost—I won't say it doesn't feel real because I'm just learning about it. But I don't think it has the same effects. Like when we talk about slavery, learn about slavery. You know, as a black person, that kind of gets drilled into our head. But you know, I would definitely like to see. Which area of you know? I would like to see the exact area where Seneca Village was and like how big it was. Yeah. Well, will we ever know the real 
the real deal as far as yeah. that because they ain't gonna tell us what yeah, we right. really want to know i mean you know a lot of people are digging now to try to find out what really you know what really went on and because it was it was seneca village there was a couple other little towns there too so when you look at it and you, and you see what people are talking about now how much are we really going to find out how come we didn't know about that we got black scholars that never heard of this you know or any of these lakes that we were talking about any of these towns I, you know seneca village there's another place called susanna um alabama um um let me see it says it was also flooded by lake martin <laughs> you know susanna oh, alabama yeah um no oh, that's oh, in alabama. Oh, yeah, alabama it's alabama okay. and then there's another place called vanport oregon now keep in mind oregon now we don't think about that when I we, say, we we had some on that no. Oregon trail. Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm saying. That's another one. So Amber said there's over a hundred cities or towns that have been flooded like this. That's crazy. You know, or taken over like this. So we gotta get out there and we gotta do our research, people. Um when I first heard the story was last year and and I was actually watching her show when she reported about it and the way she talked about it, I thought she was joking at first, and then I then I was like, "Wait, hold on, she's telling the truth," and I, and and it went viral right away um, when she was talking about it because that kind of that that information, and I was like, "Well, how come?" I, I mean, look, people, I'm I'm getting ready to turn 62 years old. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. Right. Okay, why why didn't I know? I went to primarily all black schools all the way up until my senior year. Okay. There's none of this stuff in the history books I learned about. Okay. Nobody talked about it in my neighborhood. I grew up in a black neighborhood. Nobody talked about any of this stuff. Why are we just finding out about this stuff now? Now, of course, a lot of it, a lot of people, a lot of scholars are saying that we're finding out these things because of all that's happened with, um, you know, reparations and all of this kind of talk and of course with all the race issues that we've had um of course we got a lot of statues being removed because we're finding out the truth about the people to who these statues are um the likenesses of these statues are um <clears throat> so there's a lot going on right now that's opening up our eyes to a lot of things and so this kind of stuff is coming out and it's a shame that it's coming out under the circumstances that it's coming out. But, <clears throat> but I mean, you know, with, with that said, um, I'm, I'm glad it's coming out now. Yeah. But the question is, when are they going to start transferring this to the history books? They're going to have to. Yeah, well, right. a lot of schools are now going to putting more black history right. well, we in the schools. Bill, yeah, like that's right. Schools. Right. So a lot is coming out yeah, because so of it. Agree. You know, I think it's hard because... Even with the stuff we're spreading, we need to make sure everything's accurate. So it's kind of like if you tell Seneca Village about four or five people, that story's gonna get distorted. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I just say that to say like we 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 need it in the books. Yeah. And when we talk about Black history, it's not all about slavery. Like we have some thriving towns, and this one said the residents weren't even the one in Oregon. The residents weren't even warned about the high levels, and many didn't even evacuate in time. So I mean, they literally killed us trying to take away the um you know the the lives that we have well it's it's scary i mean 
when we go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma has been talked about a lot, uh, you know, especially of late, and it's been depicted. Uh, it's been de- it depicted in a lot of different things. I know. Um, I was I was telling I was talking to Leonard one time. We were talking about um, different TV shows and whatever. There was a series that Regina King did called The Watchmen. In the in the Watchmen, her grandfather was um, living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, during the time supposedly of all the racial uprising and so forth. And there was a character that they talked about on Watchmen. That's a real character, Bass Reeves. Okay, yeah, he was also in. Uh, you know where I'm going with this, right? The yeah, harder they fall. Oh yeah, the harder they fall. Yeah, he was also in that too. You know, they talked, and he's a real. He was a real uh, black. He was so, a black share. Now, I can say I did hear about him before the harder they fall. Right. And, okay. You know, back, back in that yeah, and he was he was all up in all of this stuff. You know, so you know, so when you look at these these stories and you hear about these people, and I'm sure there's a lot of people. Some I'm sure they're old now, but who could probably tell some of these stories about places like Seneca Village or or Tulsa or the grandchildren of people. So you know the one this Oregon one, this looks like this happened in 1948. So, that's crazy. Yes, yeah, so that's what 70 years ago. Yeah, I mean, that so I'm, I'm sure that's relatively people, that's yeah, recent. Yeah, yeah, that's recent. So, um, yeah. Um, wait, what did it say there about the, at its peak? It had forty thousand residents at its peak, or forty percent were African were African American. It's crazy. So, oh, so, so this one actually looks like they flooded the town, and a majority yeah. African Americans, yeah. but the rest, the rest, the rest were probably poor, white, or maybe even Native oh, yeah. Americans, Mexicans. I'm sure there was a lot of indigenous people there. Yeah. Okay, so that's where we are with that. But anyway. This kind of information, folks, you know, we got to stay woke. They don't teach it in school. They don't teach it in school. You, you're only going to hear it on places like Dave and Mr. <laughs> Trends. Trends. You got to listen to it history. because this is the kind of stuff that you're going to hear us talk about on a regular basis. We want to talk about these stories that are going to make you go, hmm, like uh, Arsenio Hall used to do yeah. back in the day, you know, make you go, hmm. So if you have any comments, if you want to add anything, maybe we missed something, make sure you – um. You put it in our um, comment section or, and just let us know what you're thinking as you listen, okay? Um, we're going to move it on. Um, this is my little sports se- uh, uh, section of our, our, our podcast where I always talk a little sports. You know, my man, he's a sports guy, but he's not as big of a sports guy as I am. But everybody knows about this guy. We just uh, lost – one of the great John Madden this week. And, and it's funny how many people have a connection to him, right. but in different ways, you know, cause John Madden had like five lives, you know, I mean, he was almost like a cat, you know, he, he just, he was pretty interesting guy because he, you know, a lot of people don't know him as a football coach. Right. Okay, yeah, well, oh, don't worry. I was going to get in there. A lot of people don't know him as a football coach. A lot of people don't know him as a, a color analyst. A lot, a lot of people um, don't know 
what his contributions to the game was, football game was. But a lot of people, most people know him because of the the John Madden football game, you know, and that's young and old, you know. So, you know, you can go on the street and talk to any young kid and say, you know anything about Madden? A lot of them are going to say yes, you know. So, But I grew up in, a, in at a time when Madden was a football coach. He was the youngest uh, football coach. Um, he, he coached his first team at 32 years old. And he was the youngest uh, football coach, and he coached the Raiders, which was back then was one of the top teams in the NFL. And this guy had the greatest winning percentage. He went over 100, uh, 100 something games, and he only lost like 30 games. I mean, it was ridiculous. His winning percentage is still the top winning percentage in NFL history, which was over 76%. You know, he, so he won over 76% of his games when he coached. The guy was a genius when it came to football. When you listen to him talk, he was like, I used to watch when he went from football and he stopped coaching football. He was once drafted as a football player by the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, but, um, and he messed up his leg and he couldn't, he couldn't fit, he couldn't play. But, um, when he went from the coaching ranks, and then he became a color analyst. Nobody was talking about the game the way he was talking about the game. And then he he would take you to the teleprompter and, and start drawing all over this thing and, and say, okay, look at this, look at this. And then he just changed everything, man. I, I you know, Madden was way before his time. And, and, and I've been fortunate enough to kind of watch him transition right. from everything. And then when that football game came out, he just had a whole nother career and, and, and to hear in the game, you know, you hear his voice and, you know, you hear his analysts, um, um, opinions on anything or on everything going on during the game. And when you look at the tributes that are poured in this week, they're not just coming from football, but LeBron James and, and, and you got actors and Dan Rather and, you know, I mean, you got all of these people talking about John Madden. And how John Madden has affected them in some type of way, you know. Um, you got football players that said, I was fortunate enough to play during a time that he called my games. <laughs> now think about that. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. You know, you know, you're playing football, you getting paid all this money and everything. You're out there playing the game because you love playing the game, but then you're playing during a time that John Madden is calling your game. He, you know, some Brett Favre talked uh, recently, and Brett Favre said, "Hey, look," he said, "Man, when I heard Madden was called my game, I was bringing my A game out there." He said, "Cause I didn't want to get talked about bad by by John Madden." You know, he said, "I wanted to impress him every time I was on the field." You know, so this is this guy. You're not going to hear too many people talk about a guy the way he was talked about and the way he was revered, and you know. And this whole thing, like they, the thing they used to do with the turkey, they had this thing called, uh, 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 what was it called? Turducken or something like that, where they would take, uh, a turkey and they put a duck in it and, uh, they put chicken in there. It was, it was, it had some turducken. Yeah, turducken, yeah. yeah and, I, I, and then it had I like six legs or something, you know, everybody, they would give that out on Thanksgiving, you know. You know, they just came up with a lot of clever things. And, you know, this guy had a fear of flying. 
he had his bus. Yes, I, I if he wasn't on his bus, he was on a train. But he would not fly. And and he would just track all across the country on this. And he lived in California. So when he was doing East Coast games, he was on that bus or on a train most of the time. So, you know, so. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, the one thing I, I remember, so of course I remember the Madden game. Right. Played probably that in high school, but or college, one of them. But, you know, I also just remember his personality. So, you know, even if you weren't a diehard football fan like myself, just the, the personality he brought to, you know, commentating made it much more interesting than it would be, you know. And I feel like he was the first interesting one where the other ones were kind of, you know, like. Yeah, they were laid back and everything, you know. Everything. Yeah. When you hear the, the um, people call the baseball game. Yeah. Like, oh, it's out the right field and then this and this. But, you know, I mean, he just had a lot of energy. He changed it, like, the game. It made it entertaining. He changed the game because prior to him, the guys were laid back and they just, you know, they were like robotic about how they would call the games. Right. But then he came in. And he brought personality, he brought flair, and he brought all of this stuff. So now, when you hear a lot of the guys, they try to emulate right. him, you know. So as they should, because you know nobody wants to listen to the monotone. And look, somebody else is trying to get a, a game named after them, <laughs> you know. So no, I'm just saying, um, you know, if these guys do a good enough job, you who knows? You, you know, might have to. I feel like it will never happen again. It will never happen again no. because he he just has he did you know. Have you ever seen how serious the players are about the ratings and everything in these games? No. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a whole nother story. These guys get really upset. They actually, um, John Madden talked about once he used to get calls from all the players. and said, how can you rate me so low in this game? Right. And, it's funny because John probably didn't even. Oh, he had nothing to do with it. I'm he had nothing to do with it. You don't think he had anything to do with it? No, no. His, his thing was. His thing was marketing the game, right. being able to um, put his voice on it. Excuse me, but none of the rating stuff gotcha. was him. They actually have a team of people that rate these guys, and these guys, I'm telling you, there's there's been video of guys throwing stuff when they uh -huh. when the game would come out and they see their rating. They said, "Wait, hold on, you got me rated as a 77." But you got this guy rated like an 89, and he didn't have he didn't have the year that I had last year. You know, you know, and these guys would be going off, man. I'm telling you, it's a it's hilarious watching these guys with their rating stuff. But this is how he's kind of affected the game and everything and everyday life because you know, um, these kid and these kids when they one of the first games they buy anytime they get a video game is the Madden game. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like the, the shoes. Like yeah. Every time a new one come out, they want to get the newest. You got Mike and you got Madden. You know, that's basically what it is. You know, so yep, there you go. So we had to we had to show we had to show some love to to John Madden guys. So I wanted to make sure we got that out there. And staying in the sports realm, I'm gonna um, talk about. I'm an Eagle fan. Uh, I, I'm not sure what Leonard is. You, you are no yeah, okay. All right. He he says he's a, he's a fan, but I don't know. I, I'm a little worried. Here, you know. do, do, do you doubt anything? No. Else? Okay. No. 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 Anyway, but there's been a little controversy going on with the Eagles, folks. I don't know if you guys know, and um, but you know we had um, we have a quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who's done very well this season. He's had his up and downs, though, I will say that. But he's done very well. The Eagles are right now sitting in position to make the playoffs when 
five weeks ago, we thought that would have never happened. But now, what Hertz was out for a game or two when he was uh, he had messed up his ankle, and the backup quarterback came came in and started a game and actually had a good game, um, Gardner Minshew. So after that game was over, apparently it just came out this week that Gardner Minshew had gone to the coach and says, "Don't you think this team would be better if I'm starting?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That is right, uh, and which is kind of a lame move to make. I don't care what sports it is. If you got somebody that's starting and they have been pretty serviceable as that starter or been leading the team, and you go behind their back and you go and talk to the coach and say, don't you think it would be better if I am the starter or when am I going to be able to start for this team? Now, this guy is a former starter. He came from Jacksonville. Um, he came to the Eagles this year, and he has played. He has been a starter, and the guy is a pretty serviceable quarterback. I'm not going to take that away from him. He had a great game when he came in and played for them. But you don't do that. So did the coach? So who made it public? Did the coach say, "Hey"? Uh, I don't think it was the coach that made it public. I think somebody kind of put it out so, there. So, you so, know, so somebody. Was, yeah, because they wasn't happy about it. So, um, so they decided, the coach said, Hey, look, there's nothing you can do. I have a starting quarterback. And of course, he was talking about Hurts, you know? And so, you know, and the coach was a little, they said the coach was a little, uh, pissed off about it as well, you know, because you don't do, that's something you don't do. And it kind of divides the locker room as well, because if you have people that do follow, now keep in mind, you always hate to bring this particular point up, but Gardner Minshew is white. The starting quarterback is black. The Eagles have always had issues with black quarterbacks in the past, you know, even though they've had some good, great quarterbacks, you know, to play for them. Randall Cunningham and Donovan McNabb, the name of a few Michael Vick was here. You know, there's always been a white guy in the wings. You know, and it's always been some type of controversy, you know. And last year, Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback until the late part of the season. Then Jalen Hurts comes in and Wentz loses his job, you know. So there's always a little bit of controversy. But um we had to keep an eye on this story because, you know, the Eagles do have a legitimate shot. They have two games left. If they win this week, this week is going to be a little bit of a trap game because the Eagles just played Washington two weeks ago on a Tuesday night, and Washington had a lot of their players out because of COVID, but they got most of those players back now. And Washington always gives the Eagles fits. If the Eagles win the game, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. If they lose the game, it's going to be hard to get in the playoffs. So we'll see what we'll keep an eye on this story. But this, this, you know, hey, Jalen, look over your shoulder, brother, you know, because not everybody, not everybody's feeling you. You just got to go out there and do your thing. Okay. So that's, I just wanted to make sure we got that out there. Go Eagles. Let's, let's get, let's get them Washington Redskins. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The Washington football team. Yeah, that's right. We got to get that Washington football team this week. Okay. All right. So. We get ready to move on to yeah. another story. Yep. So um, the last story we're going to talk about today, and uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. It actually made me think. 
So, of course, people may be familiar with Mike Hill. He is um, real housewife of Atlanta, Cynthia Bailey's new husband. Uh, and um, so, you know, recently. And a sports, and a sports comment. Oh, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And a sports commentator. For Fox. Of, uh, Soul, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the hosts yeah. of Fox Soul. So he put something out on Twitter this week that was really interesting. So to quote, he said, we've had Living Single, the TV show, Girlfriends, and Insecure, insecure shows about positive black women and their relationship with each other. Has there ever been a good, successful TV show about black men like this, something that lasted at least four seasons? And at first I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you know, there got to be. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't think there is. Like, nothing, I can't really think of, you know, black men, black shows that have black men in a, um, let's say, let's, let's just call it what it is, fairly educated, fairly mature, good relationships with each other, and, you know, just kind of like showing their lives where black men are the focus and not families or not women are the focus. And why is that, Dave? <laughs> I guess the closest thing that we've had is probably Martin. And, but the, you know, and the only reason I say that is because of Tommy and Cole, right. but they were not the focus, right. you know, uh, you know, and it was an ensemble cast and they all were kind of relatively important to each other. But then I can't think of anything else that comes close to even what Mike Hill is suggesting there. Yeah. I mean, you know, can you? Know, even when I think of Martin, I feel like that's different because I feel like that show focused around his relationship, like Martin and Gina. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's like that's true. That's um, true. Honestly, and it's so funny because I almost feel like I want to be able to rack my brain and come up with something. But nothing, nothing really. I've been watching TV for a long time, and I can't think of anything outside of that. Um, that, I mean, that had uh, more than two people. I'm gonna right. put it that way, because I mean, yeah, Sanford and Son. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like that. I mean, nothing like that th that's been done. And there's a new show that's out there called Harlem. That's also another one of these. <laughs> yeah, it's all women. And, you know, it's another ensemble. And unfortunately, Tyler Perry has a couple of shows out there. But they're, they're, yeah, they're you, you, you know. know somebody suggested one of them. And to be honest, I can't get into the Tyler Perry show. I can't either. No. Uh, so one of once said a show called Brothers. Brothers, yeah. And they said that that's uh, about to hit season three. Um, I also heard, and now this is one I heard was a good one. Um, I think they said it might be on Peacock, uh, a show called Johnsons. Uh, I don't know anything I, about it. I've never heard of it. No. I had a couple people who said that you know it was actually pretty. But good. see, this is the issue though. If you cannot think of the names of the people, right. and you don't know the characters, and you don't know the people playing them, and you're not sure where it plays, and it, yeah, then it's not one of those shows. Yeah. Like Living Single, we knew all of them. Yeah. Girlfriends, we knew all of them. Uh, Insecure, we know we know her crew. Okay. Now, now someone did say how uh, House Husbands of Hollywood. You know what? <laughs> okay. All right. And they were on, they were on, they were on, yeah, they, 
that actually they were on four seasons. So that's a good one. That's a good one. That's the only one that probably comes to dimension. Those guys were good together. Um, of course, that was, you know, Kevin Hart was super, super hot at that time. But then look at all this come out of that group. I mean, you know, I mean, look at where Nick Cannon is now. I mean, well, in Nick's defense, he was talented before. But. I know, but but he's blown up even more since that show, you know, because they tried to ask um, Kevin Hart recently, would, uh, would he bring the show back? And Kevin said, man, I can't get them guys together now. He said they all moved on. Well, hold on. I, I feel like uh, well, J.B. Smooth and Nick Cannon are the only ones who employed. Everyone else may come back. Well, Dwayne, Dwayne Martin was employed up until recently. Um, he was doing something. Uh, he was doing that show with um, Gabrielle Union. Um, okay. um, well, Nelly might need a job. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. But Robin Thicke, you know, Robin Thicke is doing this thing. But Robin was really on that, really, that first season. You know, so... But um, but those guys, those guys, probably are the only shows that you could probably come up with that fills into that category. Yeah. Um. Just to add some clarity, um, the Johnsons are on Bounce TV, which is black owned itself. Yeah, I know about Bounce TV, but I never turned to Bounce TV. Yeah, the Johnsons. Yeah. I mean. And who? What's it about? I'm, I'm going to check it out. I, I'll let you know if it's okay. If it's, Anybody know out there? Let us know. I mean, I I know I've never seen it. Um, you know, we need a we need a good men show like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, I know it sounds crazy. This this was back. Other in the day. look, and we need a good men show that Tyler Perry doesn't direct. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. But you know, like I I would like to see a show. And I'm not basing it off my life at all. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see a show that if I could portray like my early well, I put I put my late twenties when when I was unmarried for the first time. But you know, just because, you know, I think for guys, you know, we wanna we wanna be able to support our friends. We wanna go on guys' trips. You know, we wanna be able to talk about our dating lives, you know, we wanna be going to parties. So, like, when I look at Insecure, I'm like, oh, man, like, that would kind of remind me of, like, my late 20s, early mm-hmm. 30s, minus marriage, of course. But, you know, I just don't feel that like we have any shows like that where there's a little bit of humor, some real life. Like, when I look at Insecure, like, one thing I could say, like, a lot of those situations are real. Oh, yeah. Did, yeah. Did oh, see... yeah. Okay. So, I didn't see the last episode. The, the I've episode seen them. The I, saw, I saw the final. I saw but the finale. This The episode before the finale when... Lawrence was like, Issa, I love you. Yeah. The guy was right there. Was that like, was a real situation. Oh. That was a real situation because they yeah. get ready to throw down. Right. Well, well, we're hoping not spoiling it for anybody, but you know, yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, that was a real situation. And that's one thing that makes Insecure work. Same thing with these other shows that he mentioned. Girlfriends was, had those type of situations. Um, and, and also living single, you know, um, living single, you know, was a comedy filled show. But they had their moments when they got serious about things or whatever the case may be. Each one of those women had different things going on in their lives. You know, so, yeah, it would be nice to have a show where we could see men um, be able to have the relationships like, um, what was that movie, The Brothers? You know, where we can see, man, we've had movies like that, you know, but you just haven't had a TV show that, what about Atlanta? 
You never seen it. You never seen it. ATL. Okay. Uh, the ATL. Um, um I, I feel like somebody put it in one of the comments. Yeah, that that show is it's pretty unique. It's it's different, and um, there's some positive stuff going on on there. So, but it's still not as mainstream as yeah. these shows were, and you know. And even with the show Harlem that just started out, that's going to be a good show if yeah, it I stays, mean, if they keep the core group together and so yeah, forth. Now, uh, watching Harlem, I can definitely see that being real life for women. Yeah, yeah. And even on the flip side, being a man, of course, like I see that being real life for what we have to deal with. <laughs> or what we had to deal with. Yeah, well. and just watching what they're going through with with in each situation, it's it's really interesting. Um, that they would put something together like that, and and um, I, it's we are we are in a situation where, yeah, it's definitely about women. I mean, yeah, you know. So I mean, do do they feel that we don't watch those type of shows, so that's why they're not producing them? Because I mean, we don't have a lot of good men's shows. But then when you go back to the the uh, the Real Husbands of Hollywood, we watched that show. Yeah. I did. I watched it religiously. Wait, was that HBO? I can't no, remember. that was uh, no, that wasn't HBO. That was BT. BT. Okay. That was BT. Yeah, I mean, whenever I saw, I'm not a big TV watcher, but whenever I saw it, I watched it. Oh, it was it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. The kept, you know, the stuff that they were finding themselves into, and then when they had uh, Jackie Long was on there, when they added him on there, it was pretty funny. You know, the stuff they had him doing. So it's um, yeah it. I think we would watch it if we had something out there like it because we watched that show. I think it, it, but it had to be done right. It had to be done in a way that we were not being made fun of. Right. And it had to be real. It had to be real. Um, like these shows, they, a lot of it was, you know, laugh, laugh moments. But then when they had their real situations, um, you were right there with him, you know. Yeah. I mean, I watched Insecure from the moment it started. I, I thought it was hilariously done. Um, Issa Rae is a very talented sister. Um, that whole cast was very unique in how they worked together. Um, Living Single, I, I watched one of the, I, I was watching one of the shows the other day. That was a great cast together, you know. Um, and Girlfriends was different. Than both of these shows, but it worked yeah, because they, they, you know, they were quirky, they were different, and then they had their relationship stuff going on in, inside the, inside the show. Um, it was a dedicated following, and that's why those shows last. Um, all of them kind of took what Sex in the City did with their characters, right. and they just made it, cause this, that Harlem show kind of reminds me of a Sex in the yeah. City. I kind of um, just done black style, you know what I mean? So um, when you look at these type of pe- these shows and you'd be thinking, yeah, why isn't it that a man show isn't on like this where we can have bros that really are bros and so forth? Man, you should do a show, you know? Dude, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I'm pretty sure we could come up with some ideas. Yeah, we can come up with some ideas. So if, if there's anyone who, who's listening who's a producer, director. That's right. You know, uh, Send us a message. We'll send you our script. Yeah. You know, for get Jordan Peele to do. We get Jordan Peele to direct it. <laughs> you know. I mean, we, we 
working on something else. No, well, we get Jordan Peele to do it. That way we make sure it's, it's going to be a bona fide hit, you know. Anything he puts his hands on is that way. So, you know, so. Um, but, and you know. If Jordan's, uh, Jordan Peele's not available, we will take Tyler Perry. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, the casting, I, I ain't going to lie, the casting on some of his shows. I don't mind, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so, yeah, he's a very talented, he, look, there was a comment the other day about, and it's funny, we try not to pick on Tyler, but Tyler kind of puts it out there for us, so there was some, one of the TMZ was, um, people ran up on, um, um, guy from the, from, um, our kind of people, um, Lance Gross. Okay, ran up on Lance Gross, and and the guy kind of commented before he started talking to Lance. He said, "There's one th- you can always spot a Tyler Perry actor because they all had the same kind of demeanor and vibe." And he said, "No matter what you say to them, they all answer the kind of the same way and whatever." And it's almost like it's scripted, you know, you know. And now you see all the fuss that everybody's out there saying that Tyler finally said, okay, I'm going to give up some of my writing skill, you know, my writing. So, you know, cause Tyler to his credit though, writes, it has been writing every word for every one of those shows that he has, you know, that's interesting that he does that, but Tyler doesn't have to do that now. And this guy, you know, all the money that Tyler's make, just what he makes from renting out that lot, this, you know, they're shooting Marvel movies yeah. there. They're shooting everything there. Uh, yeah, the guy's making some money, you know, so. But anyway, so, but we just wanted to put that out there, that story out there, in case anybody wants to get together with us and want to do a show. We, we, we'll, we'll, we'll script some business. We'll, script, we'll put something out there. We'll make it real, too. We'll make it real, too. That's right. That's right. Uh, Kind of art two life story. <laughs> that, that yeah, there we go. As long as nobody dies in it, we, we, yeah, you know, we don't want anybody well, to we die. Don't die yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true, that's true. But uh, we want to um, say, um, let me see, where where are we at? We're good. Right, we want to say thank you for those people that have, have commented um, on today's show, and we hope that we've said some things that you guys um, wanted to hear today. Um, we want to thank you for listening. And of course, hey, man, we got to say Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, um, whatever you do, keep it safe. Try to make sure you take care of yourselves. You know, we still got, we still got some issues going on out here, people. So try to protect yourself from them, you know, and just be careful out there, whatever you do. Um, Leonard, you doing anything this weekend? Um, really just family stuff. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think we know this weekend may be a dangerous weekend for uh, catching COVID. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, so yeah we, really we don't want to get that's a whole yeah. nother story right now. So, so I mean, for one part, really just keeping it simple. Yeah, okay. Time with family and try to set myself up for uh, my billion billionaire billionaire. <laughs> I'm sorry, my billion year 2022. Right. So okay. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a billion right now, uh, or a million, at least a million from the Powerball, but that's a whole nother story. So, but you know, mil- hey, look guys, Powerball's at 480 something, you know, yeah. So, tonight? no, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah. Get that ticket. <laughs> so, look, so we can go get our 20, 20.77 acres, <laughs> you know, so, but, um, we want to thank you guys for listening and say again, happy new year to everybody. 
and um, tune in with us. Oh, um, I know this is kind of an off day for us because we usually do our shows on Tuesday nights, but thank you for listening. Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock, unless we have a scheduled rearrangement, right. you uh, know, technical, <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> technical difficulties. But um, we're going to say good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. See you later. Take care. Edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn.